0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text for today is taken from uh, the third chapter of uh, Colossians, um, and it follows the uh, epistle lesson for this morning. I invite you to join with me in reading uh, as we see it on the monitor. Hallelujah. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive the Lord's inheritance... Hallelujah. People of God, people whose faith is in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> I need to put a disclaimer on this first picture. If you put the picture up, please. Okay. Uh, I really wanted to put a Mustang up here, but Dave Wiseman insisted that it be a Camaro. Is that right, Dave? Not really. Okay. <clears throat> now, imagine this situation. You have a friend who does not handle his finances very well. He makes good money, but he spends his money uh, very unwisely. He's maxed out on three credit cards. He's uh, behind on payments on his house. And then one evening he comes over to you and he very excitedly tells you, I have found my dream car. I have found the car that I've always wanted. And if I have this car, it will make me feel so much better being able to ride around town in this car and everybody will see how valuable and important I am. It's only $90,000. And he's already made arrangements to buy it. But there is one thing that is still needed. All I need in order to get this car is for you to co-sign with me. All you have to do is sign the dotted line. Well, you know signing the dotted line is not all that you're going to have to do. You know the reality truly is that once you sign the dotted line, you will be able to make the payments, but he will get the car. And so what is your response to this friend? Whether you say it out loud or not, probably you're thinking in your head, how foolish do you think I am? Why would you start doing anything different than what you're doing now? Why would you all of a sudden start paying your bills? Co-signing gives me all the risks and nothing in return. Co-signing. For whom would you co-sign alone? Or more importantly, the question is, who would cosign a loan for you? Who would cosign a loan for you? The reality is that every one of us already has a cosigner. Every one of us already has a cosigner. And the cosigner signed the dotted line not for a loan that we have, but for the life that we have. You see, this is precisely what Jesus has done for us. Jesus is the one who agreed to make all the payments for our sins. Payments that we could never begin to make. Jesus co-signed on our lives even though He knew exactly what was going to happen. It was going to cost Him everything. And as St. Peter wrote in his first letter and as Martin Luther echoed 1,500 years later, he stated that Jesus paid... The price that he paid was not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, his innocent suffering and death. Jesus signed the dotted line, knowing full well that it was going to cost him his life. He got the payments. We get the life. He paid the full debt so that we might have a life that's debt free eternally in the presence of a gracious and merciful God. Jesus signed the dotted line for us. Now one of the problems we often have in our world today is we fail to realize how devastating the power of sin truly is within us. And there are many people in our world today who uh, don't like to talk about sin. Uh, They don't like to make that kind of admission. And very often we find ourselves following in that path. People will definitely understand and they will admit that they're not perfect. They think of themselves, yes, I have a few faults. There are times that I make some rather poor choices, but most of the time I'm a pretty good person. I try to take care of myself. I try to treat others fairly. Uh, I try to live with honesty and respect. I'm generally a pretty good person, at least as good as most others, and definitely far better than a lot of others. Now hopefully that is true. I'm thankful as I look back over my life that God has given me many good friends and family members who have done exceptionally wonderful things for me and very helpful for me. They are good people, good people. But at the same time, They were also people who realized their good works could never begin to repay the huge investment that God has made in them. For example, even though we may have a number of health issues, how could we ever begin to possibly repay this miracle of life? How could we ever begin to possibly repay the millions of complex ways that this body that God has given us works in every minute of our lives. Not even the wealthiest people on earth can make that kind of repayment. And when we add to that God's gift of His Son for us and His gift of His Holy Spirit each and every day to walk with us, to encourage us, to guide us, and to lead us, and then add to that God's gift of eternity, who would ever think that they could pay that kind of debt. Unfortunately, when we ignore the power of sin within us, and when our focus is always upon how good I am, we become like the man whose car is being repossessed. And as a car is being loaded up and hauled off, he complains, this isn't fair. Every month I pay $10 on my $500 a month loan surely I should get credit for doing at least something. The truth is, like that man, no matter how good we are or how good we think we are, and we thank God for the good that he leads us to do, but no matter how good we are, the reality is we are still far short of the payments that are necessary. What, God, what we cannot do, God has already done For us God gives us his forgiveness he gives us eternal life in his presence and all of this and much much more is ours because Jesus is our co-signer he co-signed our debt on our entire lives thanks be to God for his marvelous marvelous gift so what does it mean for us in our daily living In holy baptism, God co-signed for our lives. In holy baptism, even as a little infant, God is saying to this person being baptized, He said, I am co-signing for your debt. I am co-signing for your eternity. And I'm going to place my signature upon your life. I'm going to place my signature upon your life. Now there are many people in our world today who feel as if they have so very little value. That's not a new thing. When Kelly read the words of King Solomon, what was it? Meaningless. Everything is meaningless. That's another way of saying there's no value in life. What makes life important? Everything seems to be like just the passing of the wind. But, uh, and so there are many people who feel that way. What's the use of trying so hard? What is it that really makes life worthwhile? We seem to be doing the same things over day after day and get no results. Is there any value to life? Well, life is challenging enough without having to carry those kinds of thoughts and perspectives in our head. But it does raise some very important questions. What is it? that really makes life valuable? What is it that really makes life worthwhile? King Solomon refers to it, and St. Paul then emphasizes it by the power of the Holy Spirit. A Gutenberg Bible, which is printed in the late 1400s or early 1500s, is often valued at hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars even when it is in poor condition. But the value of a Gutenberg Bible would be increased thousands upon times if there were just a few additional words found in it. If it had the signature of Martin Luther. If it had the signature of a great person, another great person of history of that particular era. The book itself is valuable. The signature makes it priceless. It's the signature that really adds to the value of the book. Now the same is true for us in our lives. Our lives are valuable in themselves far more than we can actually begin to realize but they become far more valuable when they carry the signature of Jesus Christ when they carry the signature of Jesus Christ in a way that's what St Paul is describing in his letter to the Colossians it always boggles my mind when i hear people say the bible doesn't say anything about daily life it's all pie in the sky that is baloney that is baloney that shows you that a person has not been reading the scriptures when you read the scriptures, you find over and over again, God is giving us daily direction for our daily lives based upon faith and confidence in Him. And this is especially true in chapter like uh, chapter 3 of the book of Colossians. As St. Paul, as God the Holy Spirit was having St. Paul write to these Christians in Colossae, they were people who had recently been converted to Christ Jesus. Their past lives had been destroyed by their sin. But now Christ had co-signed for them. And now their lives carry the signature of Jesus in all that they do. And that means that everything they do has value because Christ has signed his name upon them. Because Christ is at work within them and through them. In chapter 3 of Colossians, God the Holy Spirit is outlining a variety of ways that our lives show the signature of Jesus. In verse 17, St. Paul sums up this, and I'd like for you to read this. And think of what we're reading and what the Holy Spirit is telling us. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, In word and deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus is another way of saying, have it signed by the Lord Jesus. Let it carry the signature of our Lord Jesus. Can you imagine what's going to happen in our families? With every word that we say to our family members, every action that we take carries a signature of Jesus? You think there would be any changes? Do you think there would be any different outcomes? Of course there would. Now God the Holy Spirit had St. Paul repeat this theme in our text for today in verses 23 and 24 and I'd like for us to read these again. The next screen, this is it, I'm sorry. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive the Lord's inheritance. Now when St. Paul wrote these words, many of the Christians who first heard them and read them were slaves. They were owned by masters. They had no freedom. They had no life. And very often their life was only involved in doing meaningless, unimportant things. And they tried to look good to their masters because they knew that their masters could do anything to them, could punish them in any way that they wanted. But God, the Holy Spirit, wants us to understand where our true value lies and where the true value lies for those slaves. People may overlook us. People may overlook us and think that we don't have any value. People may greatly benefit by the work that we do and not acknowledge that we're doing any good whatsoever. We can do all kinds of good things for a number of people, but there's always going to be some people who will never thank us for our generosity or our service. There will always be those who will try to make us feel as though we are accomplishing nothing and that we have no value. The reality is the words and actions that carry the signature of Christ Jesus always accomplish far more than we and others can begin to see. It is because of his tremendous love and mercy for us, Christ has co-signed for our lives. It is because of his great love for us and the people around us that the Holy Spirit continues to sign the name of Jesus upon our words and our actions. We are not living just to win the approval of other people we choose to live in ways to show that we already have been approved by God through the mercies of Christ Jesus. We live as ones who readily admit the power of sin at work within us, the power of sin that tries to destroy our value every day. But we also thank God for restoring our value in greater ways than we could ever begin to imagine. A member of a Lutheran church invited a friend to attend worship with him. And afterwards they were talking about the service and uh, the uh, Lutheran asked his friend, he said, uh, well, what did you think about the service? And he said, well, I like most of it. However, that confession of sin's got to go. Confession of sin's got to go. It was humiliating. It was humiliating that I had to say that I am a sinner and need of forgiveness. It was humiliating for me to say that only Jesus could save me. Those kinds of words only deflated my self-image and my self-esteem. I think you need to get rid of the confession of sin. The Lutheran Christian thought for a moment, and then he told him, he said, You know, the other day I had a flat tire. I had a flat tire. It was definitely deflated. Now, I could have refused to admit that the tire was flat. I could have gotten into my car and started down the interstate at 70 miles an hour until finally the rim was all bent out of shape, the tire got so hot that it caught on fire and caught my car on fire as well. I could have done that. Or I could have admitted that the tire was flat and I needed help. So I called AAA. They sent someone out to change the tire, enabling me to get to the store to have it fixed. And uh, so I'm asking you, which was a better choice? Which was a better choice? To deny the flat tire or to see it realistically and get the help that I needed? Which is a better choice for living? To deny my sin or to admit it to deflate my unhealthy ego and get the help that I need. Help that can come only from God's grace in Christ Jesus. People of God, people whose faith is in Christ Jesus, fellow flat tires, may God lead us to be real people. May God lead us to be real people. People who see and readily admit the reality of our devastating sin but people who also see the greater reality of God's forgiveness for us in Christ Jesus Jesus has co-signed for our lives and now may God the Holy Spirit lead us so that our words and our actions carry the signature of Jesus upon them the sign and signature of his cross in the name and under the signature of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.